It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. No, it's, uh, what, a, what a great series and what a great way to start the year, Warrior. It brought back a lot of memories. My wife and I started a church in the mid-90s and it was probably late 80s throughout the 90s, maybe the very early part of the 2000s and there was such an emphasis on warrior spiritual warfare. Some of you were alive during that era, some of you would remember what was going on in our city and the nation concerning spiritual warfare. There were conferences and workshops on spiritual warfare and casting out demons. We were singing songs about spiritual warfare. Do you remember singing, Fear Not, for I am with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord thy God is with you. We were binding the strong man. We were calling down fire. It was, uh, it was, it was happening. We were uh, doing marches in the streets of Perth, you know, with Jesus banners. There was a lot of unity happening. We had the church together. We had pastors getting together. There were prayer summits with uh, people from all over, you know, different denominations. It was all happening. There were books on spiritual warfare, books about taking our cities for God and, and what have you. And so there's a real awareness and engagement in the whole area of spiritual warfare. I can never remember hearing of Christians gathering at Uluru, Parliament House, and probably here in Kings Park and finding all of the high places. And we were praying for revival. We were praying about territorial spirits and curses, and we were spiritual mapping, and we are trying to discern What's happening, for example, in Fremantle? What, what's the, the history of Perth that could have given the enemy a foothold? And it was a very dynamic time. It was at times a little confusing. Uh, at times it was a little messy. And, uh, but I've got to say there was something about that era where I felt, I know we were probably forsaking some other areas of church life uh, to the detriment of really being focused but just to have that awareness of we are warriors and we are in a spiritual battle. I thought that was great. And yet, as you know, often in life, including the church, the, the pendulum has swung. And I just wonder, have we become a little bit civilized? That church life and Christianity has become a little soft, and we've lost a bit of our mojo, that sense of we are warriors and we are in a battle. Just to have an awareness that right here, right now is spiritual warfare. We've come to church. We've been worshipping. We're hearing the word of God. We're having fellowship. It's an opportunity for God to lead us and to inspire us, to fill us afresh with the Spirit. It's a time we can be convicted of sin and we confess and there are grudges and bitterness and resentment and we're, oh God, you know, I, I confess that. And it, it's like, it's spiritual warfare. It might just seem like church, but in the spirit realm, there's a lot happening. I think the potential of this series, it's just going to bring back, not that we go back to the 90s, 
But in 2022, we, we start the year very intentional, not on the back foot, not fearful, oh, we're in a battle, but this sense of we are standing together. The church in our city, the, the citywide church, the, the church in, on planet Earth, we are standing. During this time of COVID, we are standing together, we are courageous, we're in a battle, and yet we also need to be very prepared. And when we think about a warrior, you know, you don't necessarily look around and think, wow, we're all warriors, but we think of Alexander the Great, Joan of Arc, we think about the Anzacs, we think about Navy SEALs, um, you know, Bible times, obviously, we think about Joshua and Deborah and Esther and Daniel and, and many other men and women. And yet when you come to this time, 2022, and we look at the church, we are warriors, but we're a different kind of warrior. We're not coming to church, I hope, we're not coming to church with weapons. There's, there's no knives and axes or anything like that, uh, but there's this sense of we are warriors and we are in a battle. Now, we're not in a battle against the king of Jericho. We're not in a battle against the Egyptians, the Babylonians, or like the Romans or anyone else. But we are warriors. We are kingdom warriors in a spiritual battle. The battleground is not Gallipoli. It's not Vietnam. And it's not Afghanistan. The battle that we are engaged in is not even geographic. It's not against a rogue nation. It is spiritual. We read in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What a loaded verse. All of these different realms that we don't see, but they're real. I, I can't see air, but I know it's real. We're breathing it in. You look at the trees, you know, there's wind, but you can't see it. But you, you, you get the evidence, a manifestation of, hey, that there's something going on. It's called wind. Well, there are all these levels and all of these manifestations of darkness and light. And there is this cosmic clash happening right here, right now. And we are warriors. Listen to some of the warfare language from the New Testament. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell shall not prevail or overcome it. This idea of this is what I'm doing. I'm building the church. That is spiritual warfare. Now, the devil's not going to go, oh, good for you. There, there's going to be an attack. There's going to be a, a, a power coming against us. It's not going to overcome. The devil knows it. He is a defeated foe. Uh, Paul wrote to his apprentice in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, endure hardship with us like a good soldier in Jesus Christ. Now, the people would be familiar with soldiers because they're under Roman rule, but he's, Paul's using this language. He could have used an analogy about a farmer or something like that, but he's saying, hey, we're in a battle. More so, he said, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. 
I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. But notice this, I have fought the good fight. This is where our spiritual warfare is very different and us being warriors is very different. From the moment of salvation, the moment we were born again, we were enlisted in God's army. Unlike a Navy SEAL or any other warrior who do extensive training and out of maybe the 200 people signing up, maybe it comes down to 20 after weeks and weeks of awesome, you know, amazing challenges and we're probably seeing some of that, a little bit glamorised on SAS, but you know, that's their training. And then, and only then, you're a Navy SEAL. We're Navy SEALs the moment we're born again. We are infused with the Spirit of Christ, who is a warrior. And this is where it changes. God doesn't call the qualified. He supernaturally qualifies the cord. The moment of salvation, we are infused with this warrior of a spirit, and we are given everything we need to be kingdom warriors. But like Joshua, we cannot be an effective warrior unless we are prepared. And so this whole message of preparation, and let's face it, preparation is nothing new. Ever been to school? Ever done exams? And for some of us, we have an amazing ability to retain knowledge for about 24 hours. And really, sometimes that's all we're examined about. It's not so much, are you passionate about this area? Are you growing as a person? It's just, can you retain information to pass this test? Now, some of us, the moment we're told we've got a test, it might be a week's notice, we're starting, we're preparing. A show of hands, who are the night before studying for the exam? Ooh, I was a really, really average student after being very, very prepared. And there were these people, including my sisters, who just seemed to, the night before, da 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 da, da and they remember the dates, remember the person, they just, they, they, they just got it. But we understand the importance of preparation. Most of us are driving. You didn't just get your license, you had to prepare, you had to do a test, you know, you had to do all of the, you know, the theory side and then you actually had to get in the car and someone examined you. So nerve-wracking. Anyone ever painted a house, like indoors? Isn't the actual painting quite fun within a couple of hours? It's like, whoa, this looks great. The worst part is preparation. Uh, you're scraping, you're filling gaps, you're taping, you're sanding, and it's just like, I just want to paint. But unless you do the preparation, nothing worse than think, ah, it's overrated, you paint, and within a few months, crackling, you know, the paint's starting to crackle, it's bubbling, it's not good. Do the preparation. Professional sport, we love our sport, whatever the sport is, preparation we are so well not we but they the elite of the elite are so prepared they've got dietitians they've got sports psychologists they've got statisticians they've got people replaying them doing this and doing that and that's improvement improvement it's all about preparation well it's no different even though we are immediately at salvation we are warriors 
we need preparation. Not a course, but daily preparation. One key area of preparation is know the enemy. Or if it's sport, know your opponent. Listen to the words of uh, Sun Tzu, an ancient Chinese general who wrote a book long, long time ago called The Art of War. And basically, it is a book of military strategy that is universal and timeless. And this is what he said. doesn't matter if it's 2000 BC or 2022. He says, if you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. You will be defeated. It doesn't matter what sort of weapons you have. It doesn't matter how brave you are. Unless you know your enemy, you will be defeated before you even go to war. So we come to Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from a particular village. He said, go, Look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rehab and stayed there. I mean, don't you find that a little interesting? Joshua, he's going to send out a reconnaissance team. We're going to do reconnaissance mission. I want you to survey. And they went to a prostitute. I'll explain in a moment. Joshua sends out two nameless Hebrew spies. He says, I want you to go into a place you have never been before. We're going to attack this city, particularly Jericho. We're actually going to take over the whole land that's been promised to us from God through Moses. We're going to have to take out Jericho. I want you to go out I want you to look at the geography. I want you to study the city. I want you to perhaps look at the soldiers, how prepared they are. I want you to look at the weapons, the type of metal, everything else. But one thing I really want to know is what's the talk on the street? Do they know we're close by? Do we know where we're in this village, that village? What are they feeling about that? What is going on? Sound familiar? Didn't Moses send out not two spies, but 12 spies somewhat 40 years ago to go into the promised land, to do a reconnaissance mission, check it out, and out of the 12, it was only Joshua and Caleb who came back with a report of, yeah, best soil ever, vegetation, everything about it is incredible. Unfortunately, 10 of the spies said, oh, we are goners. There is no way we're going to take that place. There are giants in the land, the cities, the wars go to the sky. We felt like grasshoppers. No, and as a result of their unbelief, they were punished. They stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. But it was a very good military strategy on behalf of Moses. And now it's Joshua. I'm going to send out two spies. I'm not going to tell them how to do the job. I know them. I trust them. I know they're courageous. I know they're faith-filled. And so they go on this, minish, on this particular mission. Joshua was doing everything that Sun Tzu said. I want to know the enemy. The spies are sent out. So not only is Joshua prepared... The spies go out and it's almost like, we need a spy. We need someone in the city 
a mole. Someone who is prepared to go against their people, their gods, their king, and give us some inside information. I don't know how it all turned out, but it's how do we go into a city and not look too conspicuous? We're two men from the outside, go to a prostitute because that's that, that sort of makes sense. Going to Rahab's place, they begin to find out that she is saying, you guys are Hebrews. We've heard about you. We are terrified. Oh my goodness. And in a moment, somehow she had faith. I, I'm, going to, I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to commit treason. I'm going to give away my allegiance to my gods, my people, my king. I believe in your God. I believe in you guys. And she puts her life, her family's life at stake. She betrays her nation in order to hide the spies. Because even though their preparation was good, let's go to a house of a prostitute, they're realising, I think she could be the person, the deep cover agent. Uh, Word got around that the two spies have arrived and they're in the house of Rahab. Well, she's probably used to lying. Maybe some suspicious wives in the town. Oh, no, Harold wasn't here. It was someone that looked like Harold, but no, you can rest assured it wasn't Harold. And so when they came and said, the two spies were there, she rightly said, oh, they were. And they've left. They're very happy, but they've left. And I reckon if you pursue them and you go that direction, you'll find them. And so all these soldiers are pursuing them. Meanwhile... The spies are hidden on the roof under some stuff and it's like all good. She um, lets them down on a rope and then uh, she says, oh, well, well, before you go, can you do me a favour? When you come and attack this city, because I know you're going to attack, I know you're going to win, will you spare my household? And they make a promise, Rahab, We'll work out a little sign. We'll, we'll, you know, all you need to do is just let down this scarlet uh, rope from your window and I will command, well, they will command the troops, destroy this city, but spare the people in this room. Okay. Thank you. That would be greatly appreciated. The two spies return. They go to Joshua and say, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Joshua 2, 23 to 24. They're given the whole land. Well, chances are they've just been to Jericho. They're given the whole land. All the people are melting in fear. They didn't have to report on how big the cities were, didn't have to report on how many soldiers, didn't have to report their level of training, didn't have to report the type of weapons. All we need to know, there is fear in the city. We have a reputation. And it's not just because we're the best warriors. They know it's our God who is doing supernatural things. God is opening up. The Red Sea, God is just empowering us beyond our years and our expertise and everyone we come up against, we defeat because Yahweh is on our side. We read in Joshua chapter 6 verse 25, 
after the city was destroyed, but Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the man Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites today. No, she doesn't live there now. She's dead. But when this was written, she was alive. She was part of the Hebrew nation. The only survivors was Rahab and her family. Rahab, a Canaanite, Gentile, non-Hebrew prostitute, survived. And if you go to Matthew chapter 1, her name appears in the genealogy of Jesus. Godin thought that would be really embarrassing to have the son of God and Rahab sort of came. No, she was faithful. She was prepared. She is much of a warrior as those two spies, as is Joshua. She is, and I want it to be there for the whole world to know, in the genealogy of Jesus is a Gentile prostitute. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11, in the hall of faith, you've got all the greats of Abraham and everyone else, and you've got Rahab by faith. She spared the lives or she protected the two spies. And as a result, this nation could be destroyed. Know your enemy. Our enemy is not Jericho. It's not the Canaanites. It's not the Philistines. We do have an, an enemy. In fact, it's the same enemy that Joshua had. But remember, our warfare is now different. It's not against flesh and blood. It's spiritual. It's against the devil himself. Know your enemy. A few quick verses. You know, a bit of popcorn scripture. Boom, 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 boom. John 8, 44. The devil is the father of lies. Our God is the father of truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. The devil masquerades as an angel of light. He's cunning. He's deceptive. The devil is a roaring lion. 1 Peter 5, 8. He's roaring. He's looking for someone to devour. Revelation chapter 12, 9 to 10, it talks about the devil is an accuser of the brethren. It's not just a, a mental health issue that we have when we have all of this negative, condemning language. It's the devil. He's accusing us, the brethren of God. Know your enemy. But maybe like us in the 90s and whatever, don't become totally preoccupied with the enemy. The devil is crafty, he's shrewd, he's cunning. He knows our weaknesses, he knows our vulnerabilities. It's not an equal battle. If anything, it's, it's very unfair. <laughs> the devil has already lost. It's now guerrilla warfare. He knows it. But oh, he's going to cause as much mayhem among believers as possible. He can't take our salvation. But oh, if he could get us and be prisoners of war. Oh, if I can get you just to be bitter, if I can get you to be resentful, if I can get you to the point of, forget the local church, if I can get you to the point of not praying and not reading the word, you're a prisoner of war, filled with resentment and cynicism. Hey, the devil's done well. Know your enemy, but Sun Tzu also said, if you neither know 
you, uh, the enemy nor yourself, you will be succumbed in every battle. Know your enemy, know yourself. Joshua knew who he was. Joshua, son of Nun, groomed in military leadership for over 40 years by Moses. Joshua knew that I have been so privileged, I have been an apprentice of the greatest leaders at that time, greater than the Pharaoh of the Egyptians. It's Moses. I have been his apprentice. In Exodus 33:11, we read, "And Joshua never left the tent of meeting. He never left the tabernacle. He never left the presence of God. There was something about Joshua who enjoyed abiding in the presence of God. He knew that. He knew that, hey, I once was a spy, went into the promised land. Myself and um, Caleb, we gave a good report. The other 10 gave a bad report. I know me. I know I am a man of faith. I don't see the enemy. I'm not intimidated by the enemy. I know my God, who I am consumed with during the tent of meeting. I've been prepared by Moses, and I know I am a man of faith. Joshua 1.9, I've heard over and over and over again, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. So the Lord was with Joshua, Joshua 6.27, and his fame spread throughout the land. He was prepared, not just knowing his enemy, he knew himself. We need to know ourselves. We are warriors enlisted in the army of God, we need to know and we need to focus on who we are in Christ. I have received the spirit of Christ at salvation. The spirit of a warrior lives within me. This spiritual warrior, Jesus Christ, has given me all power and authority to overcome the evil one, not just the power and authority in my life, but in our life. It is a community, collective, corporate power and authority. Finally, Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We need to know the enemy, but we need to know ourselves, who we are in Christ. We have been given authority, power, spiritual weapons. We can take our stand and we can join Christians throughout this nation and the nations of this planet and we can stand up against the evil one. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is the spirit that is in you, that is in us, than the spirit of this world. We are a very powerful minority. But our enemy does want to take advantage of us. He knows our areas of vulnerability. Do we? So at the start of year 2022, knowing who we are in Christ, knowing that we are filled with the Spirit of Christ, if I was the devil... And I was to try and distract me, discourage me. How would I do it? 
What areas are you vulnerable in? The beginning of this year. It could be unfinished business from last year. When are you most vulnerable? Is it at night? Is it during the day? Is it when you're on your own? When you're with a particular person or people? Are you most vulnerable when you're on your electronic devices? When are you vulnerable? Where? What is it? What can you do now? What can you put in place to be prepared? If I was a devil, because he is predictable, I reckon this is where he'll come. This is what he'll do. Well, I'll put things in place and he won't stand a chance. Last thought. Unlike any other warrior, everything in life is preparation. It was Winston Churchill who, who said, I felt as if I were walking with destiny and that all my past life had been a preparation for this hour and for this trial. Prime Minister of Great Britain, he realised it's in this moment as I face the enemy, I am aware all of life has been preparation. I know the enemy, but I know me and I know the people of Great Britain. And nothing has been wasted. Think of your life. The good, the bad, the ugly. Everything, everything is preparation. Nothing is wasted. So before Mark comes up, I want us to stand as a moment to do something that is physical, tangible and symbolic. I want us to stand our ground as warriors, not a warrior, but warriors. We have been enlisted in the army of God. We have everything we need. We are courageous because we are prepared and because we have the spirit of Christ in us, the spirit of a warrior. 2022, we will not be shaken. We will not be moved. God bless you. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.